You're listening to Beauty and Life with Giselle, and I'm your host, Giselle Campbell, an esthetician, an entrepreneur, and a Californian living in the Midwest. With this podcast, I'll be sharing my business and personal life stories, beauty tips, and inviting other men and women to share their stories and expertise. So be sure to hit that subscribe button so you get future notifications on the next episode. And don't forget to connect with me over on Instagram and Facebook under Elevate Aesthetics. So grab that coffee and enjoy. Bye. Hey guys, Giselle here. And today on this episode, I have my dear friend, Lauren, and she is sharing such a personable story. It's so raw and authentic that I absolutely just cannot wait for you to listen to it. And the topic is going alcohol free. And you know, I think that this particular topic in general can be a little bit of a taboo conversation because, you know, there's so much going on right now in the world with, you know, the with COVID-19 and people being at home. And now we're starting to loosen up those restrictions. Everybody's starting to go back to work. But during that time, there was a lot of um, emphasis on alcohol and, you know, having that glass of wine, drinking that coffee throughout the day until you can have your glass of wine. And I really think that you're going to enjoy this interview and really connect with Lauren because she has such a great story to tell you regarding the positive changes that came about from, uh, deciding to go completely alcohol-free and change her lifestyle. So I really hope you enjoy this interview and I want to play that for you right now. So here you go. Okay. So hi, Lauren. Hey, Giselle. Thank you so much for having me here today. How are you today? Good. I've been looking forward to talking to you. I'm so happy to have you here and I'm happy to have you just share your story um, and let the listeners know um, the positive changes that you've made in your life. Um, So why don't you start out by just letting them a little bit about you, about your business and, um, and we'll go from there. Okay, great. So um, I am uh, a wife. I'm a mom. I'm also a business owner. Um, I have a kind of small little spot in the town that I've grown up in. Um, I do permanent makeup and I love the, um, online marketing side of the business really a lot. I like being a service provider, but the online marketing, I really enjoy, which was kind of surprising. Um, so it's kind of fun to get into like doing podcasts with people and doing that kind of stuff and like getting out of the treatment room. And if there's been one benefit of this pandemic and shutdown, which is what we're dealing with right now, it's been getting to kind of explore some different avenues um, to kind of break up just that, you know, it can kind of get mundane doing as a service, as a service provider in a brick and mortar when you're just kind of doing the same thing every day. So this has kind of been a welcome break. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And, you know, since we haven't been in the studio, I mean, our personal lives, I feel like, 
you know, have been so affected by it and being at home all the time and trying to do work and then also have your home life all meshed together 24 seven, I bet it can be a challenge. Yeah. And if, I don't know if you might be heard, you can maybe hear my three-year-old son in the background (laughs) (laughs) whining for goldfish right as we're speaking. So yes, that's so true. There's no hiding anything from anybody right now. Right. Um, and being at home and meshing it all together with no real separation from it all, I have also noticed is um, really amplifies, I think, anything in your life. Like if there's good stuff going on right now, it's probably amplified. And if there's bad stuff, it's probably amplified too. So yeah, yeah, I feel like right now, like self-care is so important because of that. Yeah. And that's just the thing. Like I notice, at least on social media, people have been talking about all kinds of ways of how they've been, you know, passing by the time or dealing with the stress. And I noticed that a lot of people have been dealing with it in a lot of different ways. And um, one of the things that I noticed that's very prevalent on there is people are actually using a lot of um, alcohol and as a way to, you know, relieve that stress. For me personally, I know that I may have occasional drink once or twice a week, maybe if that, but most of the time that's not how I relieve my stress. I mean, how are you dealing with stress during this time? So I would say right now I am dealing with stress. I guess on the positive ways that I'm dealing with stress, I am like, enjoying my back bar from my shop has like slowly started like, like migrating home with me (laughs) (laughs) doing lots of little skincare treatments. I've got the hydrofacial machine here in my house. It's set up in my closet right now. (laughs) Um, I love to take like a bath and light a candle and listen to an audio book or, um, those kind of things get a little bit of exercise outside. Um, some of the bad ways that I'm probably relieving stress is I'm definitely, um, indulging in the sweets right now. Same. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it kind of like pa- helps to pass the time to find a little baking project. You know, it's a great activity for me to do with my son, Yeah. you know, <laughs> and then now we have all these sweets around all, you know, so we're getting very, you know, acquainted with the, with the Pinterest dessert boards. Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. but yeah, I definitely know what you're talking about with um, the, you know, mommy juice culture. <laughs> yeah. And um, it, I mean, I definitely know what you're talking about because that was me for sure. And not just mommy juice because I've only been a mom for three years. Um, but alcohol for sure was the go-to stress relief happy finder, happiness finder, you know, celebratory, have a bad day. It'll fix that. Like all the things like you name an emotion, alcohol was that for me for sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I feel like in our culture, in our society, alcohol is very culturally acceptable up until a point. It's like you are encouraged and, you're encouraged and it's acceptable and it's, it's a good thing to have a certain level of appreciation and desire to want to drink alcohol. It's a status symbol. I think, you know, more expensive alcohols, 
wines, being knowledgeable about those things. That's, that's a status symbol, right? Right. But if, but there's like this very fine line and I don't know exactly what it is, but there's this fine line of when you go from being a casual user, I guess, or an enjoyer to too much, then you're suddenly a complete like societal outcast. Right. And like, who is to say that line, you know? And, and the term, I mean, you know, alcoholic, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's cool to like alcohol. It's cool to use alcohol up until you're an alcoholic and that it's not okay. Right. And don't you find that really interesting? Because like, what other drug are we cool with saying like, oh, as long as you can like casually use it, we're all fine with that. It's like when you use it too much, then that's when there's a problem. Like, oh, a little bit of cocaine. Sure. Yeah. Like, Okay. <laughs> Hey guys, I have to, you know, before dinner, like, let's sprinkle a little cocaine, yeah, right. we'll do it, but not too much because then you're a cocaineaholic or whatever. Right. <laughs> now you have issues. Right. Yeah. It, you know, so like, alcohol is very, you know? yes. You know? And it is very accepted. It is absolutely um, very well, you know, people do use it for that celebration, for that, like, oh, you had, you had a breakup, let's, you know, drink a bottle of wine and, you know, drink our sorrows away and that kind of thing. And especially right now, it's so, like you said, everything is amplified. So if you were um, somebody who enjoyed drinking, you know, half a bottle of wine every evening, you know, maybe that's becoming a bottle of wine a day. And um, who's there to to see you and, you know, yeah. Who's there, who's there to count? (laughs) Nobody's there to count the dog, those the bottles. Cat, the cat <laughs> yeah. Nobody is available to count those bottles. And, you know, so I know that you mentioned that you had previously, um, you know, used alcohol as a, cel- you know, to celebrate and just for whatever occasion. Did drinking, did your drinking um, have, start to become, have a negative effect on your life after a while? So one thing about alcohol is that where, where alcohol takes you, what, like where you end up on your journey with alcohol is very different than the place where you start with alcohol. For anybody who goes from, I think if you, if you maybe not for somebody like you who like stays in that one drink a day, category which is like kind of like this magic like you can do that right Right. um but for I think people who drinking becomes more of like a daily type habit um you rarely end up over the course of time in the same place that you were even just a few years earlier right so like whenever I first started drinking I was in college um And it was just all so fun, right? You know, like that was, (laughs) it just was awesome. I had a great time drinking in college. I mean, it was like bonding with your friends. You go out and listen to live music. You feel so adult. Um, I remember just like even growing up, there was no abuse or like negative things that I ever saw from alcohol. But I know that if it was past five o'clock, there was an open container of alcohol in our house at all times. And I just thought that was normal. We have a nice family, a good, I had a good home life, you know? Um, I didn't see the problem. I viewed that as that was to, to drink as an adult, like that's your reward. 
that's your reward for being an adult is to be able to enjoy alcohol because, you know, it's like, Hey, there's a beautiful margarita in a glass as a kid, you know, can I have a drink? No, you have to wait until you're a kid or until you're a grown up. You can't have that yet. So it was like this reward. Right. Right. And that was completely um, validated whenever I started drinking in the settings of parties and friends and then being accepted and that you feel like you have those bonds and you're having these good times and good doing these fun things and alcohol is always a part of it. You start making these like mental connections that alcohol is the reason for these good times, right? Like alcohol is the reason. You don't really stop and think that maybe it's just because I was with good friends and you certainly don't when there's never a separation from the two, which was the culture of my group of friends in college, all of whom were good people who were making good grades, going through school, came from good families, and have since, now that we're in our 30s, all of us who were heavy drinkers through college are all fairly successful, well-adjusted adults. So like, I, it took me a very long time to ever consider that maybe daily moderate to heavy drinking there is some bad side <laughs> to it. <laughs> yeah. Even before you get to the point where you're the alcoholic who's like drinking in the mornings. Like that's what I always thought. It was like, unless you were getting up and drinking at 8 a.m. and drinking throughout the day and getting DUIs and getting arrested and losing everything, then what then you have no reason to want to stop. Right. So I wrestled with this idea for like years of like, I knew that drinking was having some downsides on my life. And I'll tell you more about what those were. But then on the other hand, it seemed to be the central focus of so many of the good parts of my life as well. So it's like this cognitive dissonance of like alcohol on one end is bad, but alcohol on the other end is really giving me a lot of benefits. And like, how do you, how do you, live in a mind that is at war with itself, you know, in that way. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So even though I was progressing through life in like any way that anybody from an outside per outside stance would say like, she's doing fine on the inside, I was really struggling, you know? Um, even though the quantity and the, the amount of alcohol that I was drinking, I don't, in comparison to what you hear about like some of the horror stories of like deep, deeply addicted alcoholics, you know, like huge bottles of liquor, you know, like my several, like a few glasses of wine, maybe more on the weekends or at a party, you know, didn't seem like that was an issue really. Or like that level of drinking should be causing me so many problems, but it got to the point where one, I knew it was affecting my health. Um, I just didn't feel very good most of the time. I was always a little bit sluggish. I just thought I was getting older. Um, I was not sleeping well. I was waking up in the middle of the night. Um, My eyes would just shoot open at like 3 a.m. My heart would be racing, sweating, um, uh, intense feelings of guilt and shame Mm. about myself and like a bargaining, like, and knowing that alcohol was causing those feet, like causing me to have that physical, that physiology, physiological reaction yeah. Um, there was no other explanation for it really because of the chemistry, because of just how alcohol works in our bodies. Um, the, the, the chemical releases, um, right. that it causes. Um, and I wanted to stop, but then every day five o'clock would roll around 
And it suddenly seemed like, never mind. I don't, I, I changed my mind. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. do just want to have that one glass of wine. And then once you have one, you want the second and then the third. And then like, that's your daily life is, you know, between five o'clock and 10 o'clock, you've had three to five glasses of wine every day. And then it's the same thing every night. Right. So this was right. like years of this. Right. So wow. it was kind of like an insane, an insane, <laughs> an insanity type situation. Yeah. Like you keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. Um, but I thought that this was kind of normal because most people that I am around seemed to me like they were doing the same things, but I thought maybe there was just something wrong with me that like, I couldn't do it as well. <laughs> like what's wrong with like <laughs> everybody else is drinking wine and getting up at five o'clock to go work out and they seem fine. What's going on, you know? Right. Right. So. And you know, that is, that is so interesting because you know, people don't realize the levels of alcoholism. You know, you like we said before, you know, there you have this, there's this, there's this fine line between of it's just okay, society accepts it to this dark side of of the addiction. And really it becomes an addiction. We all, you know, there's something to be said about addictions, it could be whether you are addicted to caffeine or you're addicted to something, it becomes an addiction. And with me personally, um, you know, like I said, you know, I don't drink very often, mostly because of a situational um, reason is why it's led me to be very mindful about alcohol and others drinking around me, you know, my father was an alcoholic. So to me, seeing what, how he went down a path that was not good, you know, family broke up, you know, and all this stuff. And so to me, I was always in the mindset of, well, I can have one drink, two drinks max, and that's it. Because for one, I don't want to be susceptible to becoming an alcoholic because he was an alcoholic. And two was, I just didn't like the way that I felt. Just like you were saying, you were feeling sluggish. I didn't like the way I felt when I drank too much. So did you not like the way that you felt like while you were actively drinking or did you not like the way it felt like your body felt after it wore off, like the next morning? Yes. The next, you know, it was the next morning. I did feel those feelings of shame and I felt those feelings of like, oh, I feel sluggish. You know, I shouldn't have had that, you know, extra glass or that extra cocktail. You know, I was doing it because it was fun. It was, I was with my girlfriends. It was something to do. I felt that peer pressure. And when you let, when you let go of that and you start to slowly see positive things come about that, it changes your world. It just absolutely changes it. And so for you, when you, what led you to finally make that change? So from what I have learned, the average person who, well, let me just go back just a little bit. So like you touched on like the, like the average person who just kind of drinks. And then there's like that dark side of the alcoholic. Yeah. Well, I think that there's a group that's not talked about. And like, I think it's starting to become more open. And there are some people out like in the sober blogosphere or whatever you want to call it, you know, who are starting to reach out and touch on these, this bubble of people who are in this area that's called like gray area drinking. So, you know, they're not, they're definitely questioning their alcohol use. 
they internally feel like they are unhappy with the amount of drinking. They want to change it. They feel like they're out of control with it. Yet nobody from the outside world would necessarily say like they need to go to rehab. Right. And maybe they don't need to go to rehab and maybe they don't need to go to Alcoholics Anonymous. Like maybe that's not for them, but they know that they want to change this drinking, but they feel like they've started on that road of an addiction. And that's the whole thing with addiction is that I believe that addiction is a spectrum. You start at a place, you start at a place by introducing a physically addictive substance into your body. And the longer you continue to put that substance into your body, the more addictive you're going to be over time. Okay. Right. So somebody that's been doing this for 35 years is going to be a little bit of a different spot than somebody who is, you know, um, maybe like me, who, you know, is drinking in college, was drinking more than, you know, 10, here we are 10 years, 13 years, you know, later, I've progressed down that spectrum, but I'm not so far down that, you know, we're talking about like having tremors or having to be like physically weaned off alcohol for my physical safety. You know, it's just like, we progress down this spectrum and I feel like there's this area of people that feel like until they get to that rock bottom, then they don't have a right or to like question that maybe they do need some help with this. It's like, you have to be that bad before you make such a dramatic statement to say like, I don't want to drink anymore. Up until that point, it's kind of like, Oh, just cut down or just drink on the weekends. Well, you know what? Some people, even if you're not that far down the spectrum, you can't just do that, you know? Right. You can't. Yeah. You're there's not, so many different levels can't. of alcoholism. I mean, there's you've got the high-functioning alcoholics that are, you know, working and producing. I mean, you know, like I said, my father was an alcoholic, yet he was still getting up. At you know four in the morning to go to work because he worked in construction, worked a full day, came home, and you didn't think anything of it. But then then he would drink, you know, drink the rest of the evening, and so you know those types of things. Um, really, people just don't talk about those things. People, it's a taboo thing. You know, let's just sweep it under the rug. Let's not talk about it. And that's why I feel like it's so important, especially when it comes to women and drinking, it's also even more taboo. And it's like, people need to know. Nice girls don't get drunk. Right. But nice girls, classy girls, sexy girls always have a drink. Right. They always have that glass of wine. That's very elegant. They've got the cocktail, you know, the martini, whatever, like that is in every movie, every TV, everything, everything you see that has been drilled into your brain that alcohol is sexy, attractive, glamorous, smart. Yeah. Yeah. So you're supposed to drink it, but you're not supposed to drink too much of it. So you're (laughs) supposed to drink this substance that, that, you know, lowers your inhibitions, affects your judgment, affects your reasoning. And you're supposed to be able to consume this drug while keeping all of control over yourself to not drink too much of it. Because as soon as you have that one drink, your inhibitions are lower. It makes you feel good. It sends you on this chemical pathway of lowering anxiety, 
lowering your energy. Like it's messing with your GABA. It's messing with, (laughs) it's releasing dopamine. So it's artificially giving your brain the same message, like drinking a drinking alcohol is releasing the same chemical that you feel that releases in your brains when something amazing happens to you. The chemical that's released when you win the lottery or see your newborn child for the first time is the same chemical that's released when you drink a glass of wine. Yeah. So here we are dumping this artificial drug into our bodies that lowers our inhibitions and makes us think that we're on top of the world and we're not supposed to... (laughs) want more, you know, and like, and then, but then if you fall victim to that, you know, you're, I I don't know. Yeah. You're a bad person really, you know? So I got, so that was basically just the, and I didn't know any of this. I didn't really understand any of this and I didn't see it as any thing that I needed to be concerned about. Um, because I wasn't an alcoholic, (laughs) right. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, and so for years it was like, okay, well, I felt like it wasn't going to be reasonable or possible for me to just stop drinking because I wasn't an alcoholic. So that was, I mean, that's crazy, right? That's way too extreme to just quit completely. I needed to be able to control it. Right. So then we started entering on all these rules. Okay. We'd switch, uh, I would, I say we, (laughs) so like I would switch up what types of alcohol I was drinking. You know, if I was on a wine kick and I liked that, well, then I would maybe switch and drink like um, those truly, you know, mm-hmm. those seltzer waters. Um, well, those are more recent. That was just came out, but then, you know, it'd be like maybe red wine. I don't really like red wine that much. So I'll switch from white to red. Well, then you just start liking that. So that doesn't work. <laughs> then I started doing, I would try, um, I'm trying to think of all the things that I would try. Um, drinking an entire, I figured out if I drank an entire gallon of water, then I could still every day, then I could still drink as much as I wanted to drink and not have any of the negative effects. The next day I wouldn't have a hangover. So I'd carry around a gallon of water and chug a gallon of water throughout the day so that I could drink as much as I wanted at night, you know, and then (laughs) be fine the next day. Um, Try to eat food before, don't eat food before. You know, I mean, just crazy, just all these stupid things that never, ever worked. Yeah. And it sounds like you were bargaining with yourself. Like if I did this, then I could do that. (laughs) Exactly. Bargaining, not just with myself, but with God. Yeah. You know, because whenever I was laying there at night at three o'clock in the morning with my heart racing and that guilt and that shame and feeling physically and emotionally spent time, I cannot count how many times, God, if you will please just let me fall back asleep because... I would feel so terrible the next day, you know? Yeah. yeah. If you'll please just let me fall back asleep, I will never drink again. That was said so many times. Yeah. And the next day, five o'clock would roll around and I would change my mind. It's going to be different this time. Right. And so when that pattern started getting to that point, um, and this probably went on off and on for about a year and I have about 18 months, this pattern went on. That's whenever I knew that there was, this was more serious than this had turned into something that it used to not be. It was different now. Yeah. Like that line in my mind had been crossed to where I'm, I'm suffering this amount of, up until that point, I was willing to take that, that Saturday or Sunday morning hangover for like an awesome, you know, party with all my friends, you know, and then just feel crappy on Sunday. But once I crossed over into that line of like feeling like, 
I had to drink and it's not like I was getting drunk every night, but like I had to have like this certain, um, I had to get to like this, at least certain like buzz level to feel okay. Otherwise. And then that certain buzz level that wasn't even like that intoxicated to me, I guess, or in my mind, I didn't feel like it was maybe I'm just used to it. My tolerance was higher. Um, I had to get that and I was willing to deal with the hell that came in those early mornings to be able to have, like there wasn't, I wasn't able to stop, you know, and at that point it was like, this is a problem. I can't stop this. I can't control this. I can't just have one. I don't want one. I wanted six. Yeah. So when I realized that I got to the point where I was volunteering to experience all that terrible, um, terrible feelings and all the negative, just so I could have like a couple hours of, I don't know, experience the effects of alcohol. Like I was like, this is nuts. This is not good. Like, this is not good for my relationship. This is a horrible example for my child. This is just not the person I want to be. This is not like I'm letting life happen to me and not, I'm not, I'm letting this take control over my life and tell me what my life is going to be. And I feel so out of control. I feel like, um, I don't have a say in this anymore. Right. Right. And so that's where I just decided it was time to stop. So over that course of that year and a half, I would go through these times of, and it took a while. It took a while for it to stick. Um, I would go through those periods of like having like those weeks of like those horrible, like not sleeping and that that affects your health so poorly. I would get fed up and then quit drinking. And I would be able to stop for, you know, up to about two weeks. And then I would do, well, it's been about two weeks. I can have one, right? And then um, it would maybe be a special occasion or we'd be somewhere. And I would just have that one glass of wine and I'd go, hmm. Well, look at there. Look at you. You kicked it. Mm. Okay. You mm. can do it. And then maybe another special occasion would come up, maybe, you know, a few days later. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was able to just have one, that thing. I can do it again. Okay. And maybe I would. But then very quickly, very quickly, it would just you progress. Would and within no, within no time, I would be right back right back to the same thing. And then I would go on that path for another month, two, three, four, you know, whatever. Sure. Until finally this last time, um, it started about a year ago. Um, it was this exact same pattern, um, picked it back up again, was right back to work to the daily drinking and drank every single day, every single day for, I think like, uh, almost five months straight. Mm. And that was the first time that I'd gone that long with having one every single day, like not even having like a Sunday night off, you know, like I could tell that every time I would quit and then pick back up, it was getting a little bit worse each time. Right. Right. Now in the middle of this, I'm still building a business, operating it fine. It's not like I'm, I'm not drinking at work. I'm not drinking and driving. I'm not doing any of these crazy things, but it's like, I felt like my life was like secretly like spiraling out of control. And so that's whenever I'm really like, you know, increasingly like searching, like, 
how to quit drinking, how to stop drinking. Should I stop drinking? Do I have a drinking problem? You know, like all these kind of things. Yeah. And then this book pops up, an advertisement. Of course, you know, the power of the Facebook ads, right? Yes. Yeah. They always know what we're looking at. Or we're thinking or... (laughs) Well, when you've spent like three hours you know, like, like scanning Pinterest and Google for like, (laughs) like how to quit drinking or how to cure a hangover. (laughs) You're kind of putting it out in the universe, you know? Right. So, and I'm glad for that. Right. So I saw this like book pop up on audible and it was called the 30 day alcohol experiment by Annie Grace. And I went, okay, I'm going to buy it, bought it listened to it. And I said, that's it. And that was on, um, September 7th of last year and, um, been done ever since. And since then it's like, I have a whole new life and I, of everything I've ever done, I think this is probably the most going to, I'm going to be able to look back and see this as the most meaningful and far reaching positive choice I've ever made, not only for myself, but for everybody I ever come in contact with. Yeah. Yeah. And what kind, so what types of great new positive effects has it been since you made that decision? So let's see my relation. I would say the number one best thing about this is, um, how it has changed my relationship with my husband for the better he was right there with me drinking, you know, and he, um, I love him so much. I'm so grateful for him. Whenever I told him I was done that day, he said, okay, I'm in it with you too. That's amazing. he quit too, you know, and like, he's from a big Catholic family in the South, you know? So like, we've got like Catholic and redneck, you know, so like beer happens. Right? <laughs> yes. Lots of drinking for sure. Yeah. So, you know, and, um, so he's the odd man out and he's cool with it. So I'm so grateful for him on that. Um, we do not fight or argue like 99% of our arguing, drinking, you know, drinking, arguing from drinking is what was causing our arguments, you know? Right. And that's gone, completely gone. I think that we would have been divorced in probably five to 10 years if we had kept on the path that we were going to go. Like I was just going to throw him away. Yeah. 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 I feel like that, that it does happen. And it's so great to know that you guys worked together as a couple to improve your lives and see that positive, because I feel like that affects your, not only your marriage, but you have, you have a son and, you know, just your family unit by making those positive changes. Now, have you noticed any, you know, when you made those changes, did you notice like changes like in your skin even? Cause I know that alcohol just like can trash our skin, which is probably one of my main reasons why I don't do it too, is because I don't want to have to deal with the effects of alcohol on my skin. Yes, for sure. So along with quitting drinking, I mean, that just sent me down like this whole, I was like, once I got that under control, I was like, oh, look at this. When you actually like identify a problem, do some hard work, make the changes and stick with it. 
Huh. Turns out you might actually like see some rewards. I, so this is what people have been talking about, right? Like the <laughs> diet and exercise and all that or whatever it may be. So I'm like, okay, well, let's see what else we can do with this, right? Um, so I made some dietary changes like really quickly after that, whenever you're drinking and you're numb to the good and bad of life, because alcohol definitely numbs you. I started noticing that there were a lot of other things in my life that I didn't feel that I've been doing that I didn't feel good about. Um, eating a bunch of meat and dairy turns out that kind of has always bothered me. I mean, I remember even being a kid and that kind of bothered me just the thought of eating a dead animal. I just didn't really like love the idea. Not that I'm really that anti eating any meat at all, but the factory farming really grosses me. I don't like that industry. Um, personally, just for me to consume it, I understand that that's how a lot of people make their livelihood and it's a need that is had. And it's, I'm not going to go down that path. I'm not that (laughs) extreme on that or anything. I just personally would choose to just not eat factory farm meat for a variety of reasons. So I cut that out. And, um, so that led to dropping the 25 pounds that I'd been hanging on to for the last several years that made me not feel as great, you know, like how I wanted to be. And so like that happened really easily. Combine that with like the reduction of calories that you get from drinking a bottle of wine every night. And like, finally that just like magically went away. So now here I am not dealing with that. And then I, now I've lost like this insecurity of like, not being happy with the way I look or feel in my body. So now that's gone. So now my confidence is up even more now. And then combine that with now I'm me and my husband are connecting in a better way we ever have along with my child and yeah, I'm feeling better. Like it's just, um, it's a snowball my skin. I'm sorry. I kind of got off on my skin. No. But yeah. <laughs> so I will show you some pictures and maybe I have, um, my whole cheeks, were um so inflamed with acne Mm. and I still do struggle a little bit with some and that's kind of hard owning like a skin company I do get like some breakouts here and there um but the alcohol for sure for sure it was so closely correlated with the level of um consumption with the amount of breakouts and severity of breakouts and as soon as um I cut that out I would say 80 percent of that has cleared up that's amazing. Alcohol's terrible for your skin, and you can probably educate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely, because it just causes that inflammation. And when you got inflammation, and if you struggle with acne skin, um, it just just intensifies all of it together. And there's so many factors with that, but it's so it's so good to hear the positive side and the things that came out of making the change. Um Especially like, and you said this happened within the last year. So you've had your business with during this time and you're making these changes. And did you notice that you got more clarity and laser focused within your business when you started to let go of that negative stuff and the alcohol that was affecting your life, when you let go of that and focused more on all the positive stuff, did you notice that your business changed? Oh, 100%. 100%. And that was a big, that was another driving force of why I wanted to, you know, I'd been building my business and doing, um, doing everything with like one arm tied behind my back is what I felt like. 
with yeah. because you know I'm stressed because I'm not sleeping at night. I feel tired and not great in the mornings. Um, so I got that out of the way, and now it's like. I can, it's almost like I've like doubled myself and the amount of like energy that I'm able to focus toward it. You know, so your business has really um, changed. Your life has changed. Your marriage is good. And so Lauren, tell me, as we just kind of wrap up here, tell me a little bit about what types of projects you're working on now with your business. Oh, good question. So at the moment being closed from services, I, at the very beginning, isn't it funny how you think that everything, you're going to lose everything. And this is almost like a really good metaphor for giving up drinking. Um, You know, (laughs) at the very beginning, I just remember thinking like of giving up drinking, um, focusing on all the negatives that were to come. Yeah. Loss of revenue you know, not being able to perform services, that's your bread and butter, right? You know, um, like closing, closing down the shop, those were the negatives of that. And then like to think about like the negatives of giving up drinking is like losing those connections, losing the fun, losing all of that. Well, we've been closed down and it's like freed up all of this extra time. So as far as my business goes, I finally have had a chance to sit down and develop a Shopify store and put some energy and effort into it. So I have a pretty good looking little Shopify store. It could still use some work, but it's not bad at all. Um, And believe it or not, like we're kind of rolling and I'm kind of gotten it to a point where it's paying the bills, you know? And now I'm seeing that, Hey, yeah, I maybe have missed out on the paycheck or revenue of doing those, I'm trying to think, those 50 services that I would have done in the time that we have been closed, which would equal, and let's just say like for easy math, let's say that would have equaled $10,000. Well, now I've put that time toward building a Shopify store that can very easily make $1,000 a day Right. And that's just going to keep rolling and going all day, every day, even whenever I sleep, even whenever we open back up. Absolutely. So it's like I traded $10,000 of being able to do a service for the potential to earn another, I mean, if we're talking $1,000, $365,000 every year Yeah, for having a, a, a good presence. And like, if I don't know about you, but that's a pretty good return on investment. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes, whether it's giving up drinking or having like these things that we fear the worst of, and we worry about all the negatives and everything that we're going to lose, instead of being afraid of what you could lose, hang in there, have some faith and trust about like what you can gain on the other side. And it's going to be things that sometimes you could never see. I really like what you shared right there. Cause I really feel like um, when you make changes in your life, then it can have such a snowball effect and everything just kind of rolls into both your personal and your work life. And so it's, 
it's so amazing. I'm so glad to hear that you recognized an issue and you made a positive change in your life for your family and for just your own mental health. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm really like, and I'm not, um, I'm not shy to say like, I'm really proud of myself for that too. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are like the moments in our lives that like, those are the times that you, that you tell yourself like, Hey, you did that. And that was amazing. And like, you give yourself the credit for those kind of things. Cause those yeah. are the big ones. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for talking with me today. I really appreciate you being so vulnerable and sharing your story um, because I believe that there are listeners out there that may be struggling with something. It doesn't have to be alcohol, but it could be something that they're struggling with that they want to make a change but don't know how. And um, I think it's always good to hear from somebody else that has been through that and see that positive change that can happen in your life when you make one choice to do something different than doing the same thing over and over. So it was great to talk to you and thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Giselle. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.